Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. There are three women in this story. There are three women, and they have three things in common. So we're going to do a sermon of threes. Now, um, I'm just warning you up front that I often do sermons of audience participation. This is one of those. This is one of those. All right. So, <laughs> what'd you say? Oh, I thought you said something else because I just heard the D word. <laughs> Great. We're down with it. Okay. So they have three things in common. The first. Oh, so first of all, the three women. Um, the woman with the hemorrhages for 12 years, the mother of the girl, and the girl who's 12 years of age. These are the three women. Um, the first thing they have in common is that they're all desperate. They're all desperate. So the woman with 12 years of hemorrhaging, could you imagine, in the first place, she was unclean. She had spent everything that she had. She had endured it says she has endured much under many physicians. I'm going to leave that to your imagination. Um, you know, when you've been desperate with your own health, you know, you start listening to the witch doctors. Yeah, she'd endured much under many. She had spent everything that she had. You know, there's a courage that comes with that sort of desperation. And then there's the mother of the young girl. Um, you know, motherhood is a lot different than fatherhood. I'm sorry to say. Um, there's a lot that's different. <laughs> there's a lot that's different. But any mother will tell you that when a child is born, your heart starts walking around in the world outside of your body. And that's something that fathers have to learn, I think, that becomes, it's automatic for mothers. So there's this desperation of the mother. Now, I think she sent her husband to find Jesus because women weren't allowed to do that sort of thing. And she was desperate enough to send him to where Jesus had just crossed. And second is, and third is the little girl. On the brink of death, on the brink of death, Desperate to cling onto life. Uh, the next thing they have in common is that they are at the root of life itself. In the ancient world, blood was considered life itself. And so for a woman to be bleeding for 12 years would mean that life was continually pouring out of her and she was desperate to contain that. Like I said of the mother, life had come out of her and it was walking around in the world apart from her body and she was at the source of that life. And then this young girl, you know, 12 years of age is the age of becoming a woman. If she wasn't bleeding already, she was about to start bleeding and, and 12 was the age of marrying. So she was on the brink of life. And the third thing they have in common is that they're nameless. Now, as a woman, that really ticks me off. It really ticks me off. I did some research about names in the Bible, and there are something like 780 unique names in the Bible, and only 137, only 137 are the names of women. 
It is not uncommon for women to be named in the Bible as a woman, as a seamstress, as a mother, as an adulteress, but not to have a name. Are you with me? Have you ever been unseen and insignificant? Have you ever felt that way? Here's the truth of the matter. Nobody sees life from your perspective. Nobody sees life from your set of life experiences, from the things that are important to you, from the things you have studied and learned. No one sees life from your point of view. No one. Do you ever feel like you're explaining yourself all the time and no one cares? Or worse, you're explaining yourself all the time and people are arguing with you about how it is for you. If we get ourselves into that frame of mind, then we're with these characters and we're living the story right alongside them. It's interesting to me that the number 12 appears in this story twice. I'm not sure if I told it when I was telling the story that the woman was bleeding for 12 years. And the little girl, age 12. This means something in the Bible. It's a clue whenever we see numbers, we should go do some investigation. Um, it turns out that the number 12 is a number of completion. So right up front, the gospel writer Mark is telling us that something is going to be completed for these women. All of them. Hmm. I wonder how that's going to happen. going to happen because Jesus completes things. <laughs> Jesus completes things. In the presence of Jesus, all sorts of things are completed, but primarily desperation. Once there was a person who did such wonderful things and said such amazing things that people began to follow him. And one day someone asked him who he was, and he said, I am Now in the Gospel of John, Jesus said all kinds of things about himself. He said, I am the light. He also said, I am the way and the truth and the... He said, I am the bread of... He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He said, I am the light. I am life itself. He said, in effect, I'm the antidote to desperation. I'm the antidote to namelessness. When the bleeding woman touches his clothes, he seems really angry as if his power surge that was meant for another has gone out of him. And he turns about and says, who touched me? Which is totally ridiculous. And the scripture says that she came in fear and trembling before him, fell at his feet and told him the whole truth. A kind of courage welled up inside of her because she knew what had happened in her body and she came and fell at his feet. And when she fell at his feet, he gave her a new name. Her name is Bathsheba Raphaela. It means 
daughter whose faith in God has healed you. Isn't that beautiful? Bathsheba, Raphaela. When the leader of the synagogue summons his courage to ask Jesus to come to his house, Jesus goes into this nameless girl and touches her and tells her to get up, and he gives her a new name. Her name is Renee Sanita. Reborn, healthy little girl is what that means. And the mother gets a new name, too. You're going to like this one the best. Her name is Carolyn. <laughs> Joy song of happiness strong. Isn't that lovely? You know, if we hear the story differently, if we hear the story through what people's names mean, this is how the story would go. Jesus took the father of the girl, whose name was God Enlightens, and her mother, Joy Song of Happiness Strong, along with his friends, the Listening Rock, Love and Graced by God, and then God Saves, took them all into the room with the little girl, raised her by the hand and says, be reborn, healthy little girl. Do you know the names of your friends in this place? Wouldn't that be amazing if we walked around and greeted one another in the morning? Um, good morning, Joy Song of Happiness Strong. Uh, you know, I told you that I had an affair and I got divorced a couple of weeks ago. What I didn't tell you is that I was born into a version of the Christian faith that says that marriage is sacred and if you get divorced, you're going to that place. And I knew that. I knew that before I had an affair. I knew that. Now, can you imagine how desperate I was to not care? I just wanted to feel like somebody loved me, even if it was just for the proverbial 15 minutes. And I was willing to risk my entire eternal life to feel that way. And I was stupid enough to think that the 15 minutes was going to last the rest of my life. So I lost him, and then I lost my spouse. And I was the mother of a three-year-old. And I was feeling, how was I feeling? This is the audience participation part. How was I feeling? Desperate. Alone. Shamed. Unloved. Lost. Right? Right? And I had a conversation with my dad during that time. My dad, by the way, was constantly trying to get me back together with my husband because he also had that definition. He was trying to rescue me. In the middle of that time, he said, do you know that I named you, Laura? I named you. I said, I didn't know that, Dad. And he said, yeah, your name comes from Isaiah. I'm like, What? Isaiah 62, verse 3. Now, my dad was raised in the time when everything was in Latin, so he knew Latin. So my name came from the Latin Vulgate. It came from the word laurel, which you probably know. A laurel is a victory wreath. Like if you think of Caesar or you think of Olympians, 
that's where my name comes from. But I went, actually went to Isaiah 63, 62, verse 3, and I looked it up. This is what the scripture says. You shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. Me? Are you kidding me? Lonely, ashamed, adulteress, condemned herself to someplace nobody wants to be? Me? I'm going to be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. Sure bet. Well... Well, <laughs> well, my theme verse became, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. I became like a lighthouse for everybody who was divorced, ashamed, adulterous. What were all the things? Lonely, scared, all of it, Right? And that's because Jesus is the antidote to desperation. Jesus said, I am. He said, I am the bread of. Do you know he actually meant that? He actually meant that. Jesus, it turns out, is a name changer, he's a game changer. This is a different game. And I'm very fond of saying, like, if Jesus could do this with me, this is why I hang out in the church, by the way, because I cannot wait to see what's going to happen here. Jesus is a game changer, not just for me. Like, I was least on the totem pole. You guys didn't even do the stuff I did. And I also have, so I have a theme verse. I have my name in the, in the Bible, right? I also have a theme song. I'm going to sing it for you. And um, we'll see if you can sing it. Ready? By the way, I'm not any good at this. <laughs> I will change your name. You shall no longer be called wounded, outcast, lonely, or afraid. I will change your name, your new name shall be, I love this part, confidence, joyfulness, overcoming one, faithfulness, friend of God, one who seeks my face. That was a lot to try to learn, right? <laughs> I don't know. We'll try. <laughs> we'll try. I will change your name. You shall no longer be called wounded, outcast, lonely, or afraid. I will change your name, your new name shall be, we're going to do confidence, confidence, joyfulness, joyfulness, overcoming one, 
overcoming one. Faithfulness. Faithfulness, friend of God. Friend of God, one who seeks my face. One who seeks my face. You're one who seeks my face. From one person who seeks the face of God still to a room full of others, my prayer for you is that you claim your name, that you step into it with confidence and joyfulness and boldness, and you let the light of the world, who is the bread of your life, give you new life. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.